Hello, and welcome to the Mesh Young Adult Leadership Podcast. Today, we're going to be looking at why we should reach young adults. Now to our host, Randy Jumper. Those of you who've been around a long time know I've used this analogy quite a bit. We are young adults, and depending on the day, sometimes we act a little more young, sometimes we act a little more adult right? Many days we want to be treated more young, and there are days we want to be treated as adults. So when the government comes and asks you for money, you want to be treated young because that's why God made parents, okay? But when you want to do whatever you want to do on Friday night, you want to be treated more like adults. Who cares what your parents think? Um, When you have to, uh, we just uh, were helping my daughter Morgan process some stuff and for her vehicle, she realized how much money it costs to license a vehicle. <laughs> Suddenly, she became a revolutionary. Tear down the government because it costs so much money, right? She's like, well, Dad, Daddy, isn't that something daddies take care of? So, uh, and that said, so what do we do with those situations? Uh, but then... She said, hey, um, there's a Maverick City concert in Kansas City, and me and about 13 other people would like to drive to Kansas City and stay at these people's houses. And I go, who who are these people, and whose house is this? And her words were, I don't know. (laughs) There was no daddy. (laughs) There was just... I want the freedom to go do what I want. I'm like, you can't go stay with some person in Kansas that I don't know um, because I don't know them. She's like, but, but, I'm a, but I'm an adult. And I reminded her of, but daddy, would you pay for my vehicle? <laughs> right? So this pendulum swing back and forth. Um, I, the, the challenge that you are facing right now is, how do you how do you maneuver back and forth? And um, when are you young and when are you adult? Because for the most part, ninety nine point nine percent of you, you move back and forth between the two. Even though you say I want to be an adult, you move back and forth on this. Now, some of you maybe not so much. But what I call this stage is migration. What I mean by that is you are you don't suddenly wake up one day and you're an adult. You move towards adulthood, especially in our culture. And you're moving across and back and forth. Um, and so what I thought we'd do is take a few minutes at your tables and we're going to discuss. Let's make a list of the three to five biggest um, transitions. Meaning... The movement from one place to another. Some of the biggest transitions that you face during young adulthood. So what are the biggest moves in this migration that are taking place? Give you a couple minutes to talk about it amongst yourselves. Let's talk through it. If you're sitting by yourself, join someone.
Okay, let's hear it. So, um, what what are some of the those transition migration points that you guys came up with? Moving out, moving, out, moving on up. Some of you said, for me, it was moving on down. <laughs> like my moving out was not definitely an increase in life stage. It was the opposite. Do what? Driving on your own. A little earlier, but still. What else? Starting your career. What else? <laughs> A little further down the road. Do you have yep, coming back in with your parents? Paying for your own bills. What else? Yep. Retirement. Spoken by the guy who has a real job. Kevin is Kevin Wall's heart is just pounding with a joy. Like I'm so proud of him. So much pride. So much pride. Some of you don't know what he just said. We'll talk to Kevin later. He'll explain. <laughs> it. You don't. That is not a. That's not a value meal at McDonald's. That is something else completely. Getting married. Buying a car on your own. Grad school. Choosing where to go to grad school. Applying to go to grad school. Pleading towards the heavens to be accepted into grad school. What else? Do what? Feeding yourself. It's a big transition. (laughs) 
Yep. How do you, how, you get this real hard question of, you, do you consider yourself friendly and connected with people because every year of your life you were forced to sit in a classroom three feet from people and then suddenly you're no longer forced to sit next to people and you discover maybe you aren't as outgoing as you thought you were. What else? Paying your rent. Yeah. Paying other government things or taxes. Um, thankfully, you, most of you are smarter than this, but at multiple times as a young adult pastor through the years, someone has sat across from me and said, I didn't know that you had to turn in a tax return every year. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, the couple who sat down with me. They had, I'd known them for a long, long time. And she had not filed a tax return for nine years. And she said, but I, I, I don't make any money. And I said, but you have a job. She's like, yeah, but I don't, I lose money every year. So how would I, I don't need, I don't have any profits. <laughs> In her husband's face, she, you know, you're, when you like for better or for worse, this was definitely in the for worse category. <laughs> it was uh, it was a, it was definitely a financial momentum killer for them, as they had to make up that many years worth of bad taxes. Scheduling yourself. Yep. Making your own schedule. Making your own budget. Graduation at any stage. Mm -hmm. What what you think? Where to look at this is if you look at this sort of line here, what you find is there is no one thing. Because like we didn't talk about military, we didn't talk about uh, belief systems, choosing churches. We didn't talk about um, you know you said getting a career, but jobs in itself and all how like I could come up with about fifteen or twenty other transition points right should I live in this dorm should I live in this I mean, should, should I ask my parents for help should I not ask my parents for help then there's there's the there's a lot of physical things that you guys talked about like just a few minutes ago there was a girl who was here this was her first Sunday she moved from Portland Oregon yesterday here for get a job she's so she's 22 and has moved from the other side of the country that's a fairly significant transition she lived her entire life in Oregon and is now living in Benton, Arkansas. <laughs> yes, you're, 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 all your faces are correct. Yeah, at, no, she's <laughs> retiring? Yes, at 22, she's retiring. So you've got all these sort of movements, and they're all sort of complex because every one of them affects everything, doesn't it? So, uh, feeding myself is dependent on what your parents' relationship with you is. It's also dependent on whether or not you can keep a budget. Also dependent on whether or not you're working a job. Also dependent on where you are in the education status. Although everything affects everything. And so, um, is it any wonder with all of these we'll call them transition points, 
that you feel nervous and afraid. Why would you feel nervous and afraid? It all depends on you. First time you're doing any of these? Any clue? You don't know what you don't know? What if you pick the wrong decision? So, what'd you say? I think the word that I would use to describe it is not fear. And so let me, we, we're like, we're in a cult, obviously a cultural mental health crisis, but we've normalized some words and we've used anxiety and fear. And while those are part of it, the word I really want you to grab hold of is uncertainty. That's really what's happening is you feel uncertain, which then creates fear and anxiety. And so I just gonna be curious, careful I gotta be very careful what I say so don't misunderstand me uncertainty will never go away when you make a choice absent total clarity there will be uncertainty fear and anxiety are not givens uncertainty is you see what I'm saying here and some of what you are feeling right now and what young adults are feeling is uncertainty and there's nothing I can do or anyone can do to make the uncertainty go away. Now, your personality, your life situation, your life stage and everything going around you will, will affect that and impact that. What I mean by that is this, if you're a worrier, if you struggle with anxiety, what does uncertainty do to your life? Right? If you are uber confident, borderline on arrogant, what does uncertainty do to you? Awesome, another new adventure. If anyone has ever met Aaron Stone at our church, <laughs> like Aaron and I have had this ongoing conversation. Aaron lives his life with almost a, I don't care. Now he cares, but what I'm saying is, uh, the other, we were talking the other day about something a couple years ago, he invested a bunch of money to start a startup business, like lots of money, and it just sort of went away. It didn't happen. I'm like, man, there's no way I could do it. He's like, ah, it's just money. <laughs> That's Aaron, right? Um, there's a guy named Dave who attended our church for years. He was one of my good friends. Dave, in, the five, in about a period of five to seven years, launched four different companies. Four of them lost money. Significant. One of them? did really good. I could never get to the one really good because of the four losses. <laughs> Not because of the capital, just because of the, I, 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 I would rather go work at Walmart and know exactly how much money I'm going to get made, I'm going to make. Um, everybody deals with them in different levels. So you run these scenarios in your head. So I want to go to UCA. What's, what's a dorm on UCA? What's, give me the name of one of them. What? Bearden. Bearden? Mm -hmm. What a weird name. <laughs> oh, Bearden. I thought you said Bearden. No, Bearden. So you go to Smith Dorm at UCA. Okay? <laughs> okay? So you're like, okay, I'm going to make the choice about UCA. I'm going to choose Smith Dorm as where I'm going to live. 
And because I choose Smith Dorm, the guy three do doors down from me is going to have same interests like I do, and I'm going to become buddies with him, and we're, someday we're going to become friends. But then I'm in Smith Lobby, and in walks um, Betsy, and Betsy is beautiful, and I want to spend the rest of my life with Betsy. And if I hadn't chosen UCA, if I hadn't chosen Smith, if I hadn't chosen this friend who took me downstairs, then I would have never met Betsy. I better choose the right college. Does that make anybody ever played some of those sort of scenarios? Honestly, hands are. If I, I've got this opportunity, if I miss this opportunity, the rest of my life is over. Because if I don't get this decision right, then the next decision will, every decision down the road will be wrong. Well, those of you who have heard me talk about God's plan and God's will know I completely dis believe that is an absolute lie from Satan. Um, if your ability to knock God's plan, if you have the ability to knock God's plan off from your life with a simple choice, then God's not as powerful as you are, and I don't choose to not to believe that. But um, the anxiety and the uncertainty in figuring out what you should do, should you take a job here, should you take a job somewhere else, should you go to grad school, should you not go to grad school, should you take a student loan, should you not take a student loan? Because you hear people like Pastor Randy and Pastor Rod and Kevin and other people say, don't take a student loan, but then you go and sit in front of your advisors and they say, everybody takes student loans, take them. It's going to be okay because you're going to make $100,000 when you graduate and it's going to be okay and you're going to pay them off. <laughs> um, and so you got all these, should I take this class? Should I take this job? Should I date this person? And so you create this complex stage of migration. We're moving. Just for fun, how many of you, First Assembly is the only church you've ever attended in your life? One, two. How many of you have attended more than three churches in your life? More than five churches in your life? When I say attended, I don't mean not like like I visit. I'm like you. Like you were like I'm choosing to be a part of this in some level. More than five? Anybody want to do more than ten? There's a big enough swath in this room that of people who had made transitions even in their spiritual practice if not their spiritual faith those become difficult don't they because now you got to take responsibility for it um, I remember the first time I went to college and slept in and missed church I was in Bible college so I was like two sins instead of one uh, but I remember waking up around 1215 <laughs> and I thought how have I been asleep from till 12.15 on a Sunday morning. I was probably because I'd stayed up playing games until 4.30, but that's different. That was a different sermon altogether. But um, it was that point it really hammered home that this had been the first time in my life I had purposely chosen not to attend some church. Um, I realized it's my responsibility. Nobody came in and jerked me out of bed. So not only is this migration complex and there's movement there's a big part of what you talked about here is we had all the physical of moving but there's also this mental and emotional idea of a term we used a few weeks ago which is ownership now you own your own decisions and you own your own experiences and then there's some identity issues because whether or not you want to say it or not you're asking questions about who you are and what you believe so an easy one. So all your life, if you've grown up in church, you believed homosexuality was a sin. 
Now suddenly you're with a bunch of people who are saying things like maybe it isn't. Or they're asking questions about maybe it can be, maybe it can't be. And then you go and you're in class and somebody makes a really compelling argument why it isn't. And then you, you're like, obviously this person has no idea what they're talking about. They're Obviously they don't love God, they hate church, blah, blah, blah. And then you walk out and you say something to them and you realize they're the pastor's kid from another church and they're on the worship team. You're like, wait a minute. So you got, it's like, so what do I believe? Who am I? All my life I wanted to be a fireman. Now I discovered I don't like hot things. <laughs> or you're Heidi, my wife, who all whole life wanted to go into the medical profession and took a couple classes in biology and discovered, nope. <laughs> so majors had to change and focus had to shift. And all of these movements and then we get to create a ministry to help people who are migrating who are going to a place that they don't even really know where it is while they're just trying to discover who they really are and they don't even know who they really are talk more about that in just a minute would you welcome david stafford as he gives us his leadership tips <laughs>